Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about bad hair days, gladiators, and we are joined by David Jamili. Uh, hi, this is Chris, and this is Charlotte, uh, and welcome to the... You should know that already. I mean, you're probably watching quite a lot and of these in a the minute. You completely missed the... <laughs> Yes. Hi, okay. This is Chris. Yeah, we're on. We're on the audio. Welcome to another live episode of the Kindness Project. Today is Wednesday, the twenty second. It's Wednesday. Ho- it's Wednesday, Thursday, or Alan. I don't know. I've I've lost count. I'm sure it's um, Tuesday. Um, but we are joined. Oh, sorry. I am joined by a girl who has just learned about the genius of gladiators. It's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man who seems to have a lot... I've gone blank. Oh, you've gone blank. So I'm going to do do our guest intro. Um, uh, I'm joined by a man who's definitely got the finest hair in the kindness community. It's David Jamili. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) How are you, David? Yeah, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but it is the bad hair day, you know, in these times, you know, I don't always make it perfect in one. You know what, you're not alone. I mean, I, I'm using, I, I, you know, my first trip outside of lockdown is definitely going to be to my local Turkish barbers uh, and I'm going to treat myself to like the works you know I'm having the shave I'm having the the flame in the ears I'm, I'm having a proper haircut I think that hairdressers are going to be absolutely rammed the second lockdown yeah. eases a bit so absolutely right absolutely right have you thought of an intro yet? No, I had an idea I was going to mention retro TV and then I was like that doesn't make sense yeah I am um, I, I, uh, we, you know, you know, you, your habits change when you're in lockdown a bit, David. So I introduced Charlotte on YouTube to the genius, which is 1990s TV, and in particular, Gladiators. Do you remember Gladiators? I do, yes. Yeah, I'm not saying it's great. It's not good, but it it is quite cheesy, wasn't it? What what Gladiators event, unofficial question of the podcast, we'll get to the official question of the podcast in a minute, but what Gladiators gladiators event would you get involved with? I wouldn't. (laughs) At all. At all. Maybe maybe the obstacle course at the end when I'm not going up against anyone actually physically trying to shove me over. But other than that. Yeah, you're running your own race there, aren't you? You're running your own race. Yeah, no, I get that. I'd like to give a go of the old pugil stick on the on the yeah. on the on the thing they always look like quite good hey, um, we got we got a morning dudes from Trev morning Trev thanks for tuning in again really appreciate it <laughs> hi Tracy hi Chris uh, hi Russ hi Andy hi Kamal thanks for tuning in we really appreciate it um, what what unofficial question of the podcast David what gladiators mini game would you get involved with <laughs> Do you know, the only one that sticks in my head is the one with the fusion sticks, but I mean, it's all got so much far sophisticated, you know, the, the game shows on TV now, really. I think that one was the first one that sort of kicked it all off from my recollection. Yeah. Um, and it always just seemed like, to me, good, silly fun, if you like. It didn't seem it is. in any way, you know, horrible or intentionally nasty, or it just seemed like good, healthy fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, agreed. No, it, it was, it was, it was always. I think, I think you always view these things through a bit of a um, nostalgic bubble. I mean, I remember where I am guilty of like when the when like my two are sixteen and eight. So when the um, when the kids talk about kids TV, I always turn around and go, yeah, but 
I mean, it's not as good as it used to be. And then because of the benefits of YouTube, you can look back and remember, actually, it's not as good as I remember. Kids TV um, is great nowadays. It touches on lots of lot things. Things have changed. Yeah, they have mm -hmm. absolutely. So, um, and that was the unofficial question of the podcast. What gladiator, gladiators game would you get involved with? The official one. Bear in mind that I only put this out on social media about like six o'clock this morning. We've had a massive response already. Um, uh, so it's obviously hit a nerve. Um, What's your favourite? What's the world's greatest ice cream? What do you think, David? What's your favourite ice cream? Well, there's a ice cream. There's an Italian flavour, which I can taste right now, but I can't remember the name of it. I'm sure you'll know it. And it's sort of got little bits of cherry in it as well. Um, and it's definitely available in Baskin Robbins, and it was at one time on all the shelves in all the supermarkets. Um, Stracciatella. Oh, Stracciatella! That sounds amazing. Does that ring any bells? Or it's something like that. Isn't it? You know, you know, you know what's you know what's really interesting. I think the Italians have got the monopoly on good ice cream. Mm. You know, I think the best ice cream we've I've ever had was um, in Florence. Do you remember we went into Cassie? What's that guy's name? Uh, Vitulio. Vitulio Bondi is one of the best ice cream makers in Florence, huh. and we wandered yeah. into his shop, um, uh, and it was a, it was a weird one because <clears throat> he does this really good thing to market his business, where if somebody wanders into his shop, he'll do a selfie and then put it on his Facebook page, and. Effectively, his Facebook page is full of people smiling with his ice cream and sharing yeah. these selfies. It's, it's a really amazing thing. And I wrote an article on it because I thought um, I thought it was a really good thing to do to market a, yeah. a business. Yeah. Well, so when I was in Italy last time, um, mm. which was probably about a year ago, there were shops which were the old style of ice cream shop with all these you know, mounds of ice cream everywhere. And it was yeah. absolutely beautiful. And they were purely vegan. Ah, interesting. That's a really big trend at the minute. Uh, yeah. And quite frankly, the, the taste was, you know, I could say the same. It was still lovely. Yeah, not a million so miles away. It's our great ice cream. I agree with that. Yeah, great. So, so uh, a couple of years later, do you remember this? Yes. Uh, Vitulio sends me a message saying... We're actually in London for a gelato festival. Would you like to come along and we'll give you some free tickets for you and the family? Um, and literally, I don't think I've ever eaten as much ice cream in a two-hour <laughs> session as I ever have. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really good fun. Um, a couple of other things I want to talk about. So, what out of interest? Um, what um, morning, Desmond? How are you? Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Out of interest, what? Um, what nostalgic TV? Because Gladiators weren't overly impressed with, um, were you? What what nostalgic TV do you like? Do you like what nostalgic TV? Fraggle Rock's always good. Fraggle Rock. Um, what's the one? Uh, Trapdoor. <laughs> Trapdoor's good. <laughs> um, yeah, all all good stuff. What TV is happening now that me and David need to like get into? Like, what's the big TV show that? What like kids or? Yeah, like, whatever. I don't know. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you'd enjoy any of the shows that... Oh, you watch at the minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. And what's your favourite ice cream flavour? Salted caramel. 
Fine choice. Amazing <laughs> choice. Um, uh, so, I want to I wanna talk, before we come to you and interview you, David, which I'm really looking forward to, I just want to share some stories that have um, sort of popped up. And, and part of what we do is, um, is share stories that are illustrate positivity and kindness in the world um and you've probably heard about this story but um because uh, it's been quite a lot but i want to talk about ken bembo um do you want to read the story charlotte oh me yeah. oh okay a war veteran broke down in tears when a young carer gave him a cushion with a picture of his late wife on ken bembo was married who was married for 71 years slept with a photograph of ada by his bed at at his Preston care home. Kara Kia to Tobin, 17, knew how much he missed her and wanted to give him a special gift to bring them closer. So she had the printed the cushion printed. So the cushion was printed with his wife's face mm. on. Yeah. Mr. Bembo, 94, said, it broke my heart when she left me, but now I've got her every night in my arms. Oh. He moved into Thistleton Lodge care home after Ada died aged 93 in August. Oh, um. Ada was the most wonderful caring wife he told BBC Breakfast when I got the cushion it was the most precious thing I could have wished for we were married for, for, married for 71 years and it broke my heart when she left me but now I've got her in my every night in my arms so just that that just that simple thing and you know what it was weird because uh before um before i started working this morning there was an interview with uh kia's nan and granddad and kia had said to them it's only a cushion but it just meant so much mm. to did you did you hear about that story david no i didn't I, I heard the first one you saw me about the pillow that was um beautiful this morning yeah 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 so so i think i think like just that element of just doing something simple mm. to to bring people close together was was really important also i want to uh, mention um a friend of the show mr andy Fano. uh he's been on as a guest on the live and on the audio podcast and he does amazing work over at st francis hospice um uh, and certainly they're going through a tough time at the minute funding wise because yes. all the events you know i was meant to run the marathon from for them this year and all the other events they use to fundraise are currently off so andy um we're trying to help as much as we can but also andy is doing what he can to raise money uh, so he's got a fundraiser on saturday night and i know a lot of our listeners love st francis hospice mm. and i know they've had um directing like sort of direct care in terms of in terms of where they are um so he's uh doing a sweet soul music party on saturday night we're going to be getting involved yes. um uh he's going to be doing it on his facebook page He's going to be raising money for the uh, for the charity. Please, um, we'll put all the links in the show notes for Andy. Um, please, if you're free on a Saturday night and you love some good music, um, feel free to join Andy and raise some money um, for an amazing, amazing call. Mm -hmm. So thanks for continuing to do what you what you do andy and before we come to david one thing we want to do we've got another david who helps us out every single day it's mr david forsdyke and he uh, david he's uh, just to give you a, a, an idea of what dave uh, forsdyke does here every day he um 
he started sharing some silver linings. So actually looking at the positive side of this current situation and what we might have learned in this period. And I, I don't know about you, and we've talked about it on the lives before. I, I've been more, um, I, I've been seeing more acts of people being awesome to each other during this current time. How about you? Yeah, I, I mean, it's bringing out the best. Um, it's bringing out the right side of people, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the big question is, how can we Sustain carry it. it forward yeah. into the new reality when it all starts kicking in? And how can we make it a part of our day-to-day lives then, as it is now? 100%. That's something that we can all work on together, I think. Yeah, I mean, that... that just that sustained focus on being good to each other mm. over and above when this finishes is, is super important i absolutely agree so let me just share because dave's kind enough to send these in literally every day um let me just share um let me just share them with you um and what he's done today is focus on the positive news around the virus because it is stressful it is a tough time uh, but there's also some some bright sides and dave mentions that half a million people have now recovered from covid19 um and nearly a quarter of all people who have been confirmed as having coronavirus has recovered um uh we're benefiting from cleaner air because we're using less fossil fuels And we've all become more caring. So over 200 groups have been established across the UK to help people impacted by COVID-19 or who are self-isolating in a bit to avoid the virus. We've mentioned uh, uh, the local community groups that are popping Mm. up uh, everywhere. Um, uh, So, yeah, that's amazing stuff. And they're coordinating via WhatsApp and social media. Um, But also they're being coordinated nationally. So if if you're... in an area that hasn't got a local support group that's supporting local people, you can get support to set one up by visiting www.covidmutualaid.org. Um, and if there isn't a group in your local area, set one up. You know, really easy to jump on mm. Facebook um, and, 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 and set up uh, one in your local community that that is designed to help and support people really easy to do mm-hmm. and i know in our area it's there there's quite a lot um so that that's all our news shared uh, i want to get on to talking to david and and our first question is tell us about you i never know what to say when people ask me that question <laughs> so uh, we're talking about kindness so i've been working in the kindness field for 14 years now okay and uh, things have changed very very dramatically and you've just mentioned some fantastic examples like the mutual aid um, movement at the moment and you also mentioned about the man and the lovely pillow and you mentioned uh, about care for the environment um, and lots of these things are really exciting you know brand new things and they all, to me, fall under the umbrella of kindness. And it's been very exciting for me to hear in the recent weeks, even though this at times can feel excited, but the, the, to hear ministers um, using the word kindness in many, many of their broadcasts and many, many of their communications. 
I don't I don't think I mean it's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard a Chancellor of the Exchequer talk about kindness before. And actually he went he won himself a lot of fans who might not agree with his particular political opinion by by making this situation a bit more human. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it suddenly um button has sort of flicked on in terms of um, government of the world in sort of the big picture that there needs to be a human connection um, as opposed to a wall between how the gov controlling governments of the world and us people um, are related to and involved with yeah and this is this is really really new because I, I remember going to some conferences maybe eight or nine years ago in Sweden where there were lots of government um, ministers and workers from around the world and they were talking about global problems and I was talking about kindness and um, everybody thought it was a little bit weird that I was allowed to be involved in something like that but by the end of the conference they were using the word kindness yeah. and the, the, the second somebody spins out a word whatever it is negative or positive out into the great energetic field of action um, things start happening around it so it, it's fantastic that ministers are now embracing positive values as part of their vocabulary, um, in particular kindness. Hundred percent. I think I think there's a there's a miscomprehension about kindness, and this is one we've learnt throughout the time mm. that we've been doing the the podcast and trying to be kinder people. I yeah. think people people assume that kindness is about like is this vague thing that sits in the atmosphere when actually it's quite practical isn't it mm. you can take practical action to be kinder um and 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 i think that's what people are understanding now particularly with volunteering being on the up and and things like that what do you what do you think yeah i, I mean the example of the the pillow you know with the picture of the man's wife on i thought was a really lovely one because um that's sort of going one level two um, because the lovely carer who made that happen, however she made it happen, photographed, printed on, I, I don't know how those things happen, um, but she, she customised the kindness to the recipient. Yeah, it's personal, isn't so, it? Yeah, that's a, that's a very, I, I call that sort of level two. So um, when I go to the supermarket and I deliberately let people through in front of me or whatever whatever i'm i'm just doing that on a random basis and the the this example is an example of a very um, specific basis and well you could see the emotion involved um on news today through that specific act of kindness and, and i think that state stage one is is building in kind procedures, kind habits into yeah. your life. And many people are, are doing that right now, and that's fantastic. Level two is to, to think think it through. 
what specifically for the specific target. Yeah. Target is the wrong word to use. Um, for the particular recipient, what would be right for them? What would mean the most to them? It's like an intentional yes. act of kindness that's mm-hmm. specific. Yeah, I, I yes. 100% agree. Talk to me a little bit about um, Kindness UK. Okay, so we've been running in one form or another 14 years, and it started out very much okay. in alignment with the sort of concepts you've got, which are to um, bring some positive news um, to help to balance out all the negative news that we, we tend to be surrounded by and tend to be fed. Uh, I mean, it is, it is human nature that people are looking for negative news because that relates back to survival instincts. Yeah. And if nobody's, you know, looking out for what danger could be coming along or is around, then survival is jeopardised. So, it, it, genetically, um, we are we are looking for um, threats, right? Yeah. 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 But but the compensating with that, the the other side of our genetic makeup is the um, lovely, positive, connectivity, community care, um, wanting to be kind, wanting to support, wanting to share. Yeah. So in the human framework, it, 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 there is this enigma. And in a very fast-paced society, uh, the, the positives, the kind side, tends to get left behind a bit yeah. and yeah. the other side comes to the front when it's all slowed down a little bit like it has now then the positive side has more of a chance to come back and even out the balance yeah that's an interesting perspective i think yeah if we've got a bit more time we've got a bit more time to focus certainly i know that uh when i'm sort of doing the day job and and speaking to some of our clients this opportunity to just take a breather has changed their perspective on a lot of stuff and one of those things is and and i suppose the other thing as well is the fact that if you can't see your the people you love the most it makes you grateful and realize how important those connections are right yeah that um, certainly and and also when when people are hurting so if you've got a toothache um, all you can think about is your toothache you'll be pretty good you know to be able to think about anything else apart from your toothache Um, if when you've got your toothache um, you have programmed yourself you've you've made kindness part of your way of living, part of your way of being, part of your habit, you will still be doing bits of kindness. Yeah, yeah. Through your, through your toothache. Yeah. If you haven't programmed yourself to um, bring kindness to the surface as much as possible, then all you will be thinking about is your toothache. Yeah. What a, what a, what a weird analogy of skin, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte's got a question. Oh, um, so can you tell us a little bit about the research you've done around kindness? Yeah. The, the world that we live in um, doesn't respect and accept um, 
fluffy concepts as much as it does scientific fact. So going back many years, um, kindness, when I said that word to somebody, was taken as a very nice, very fluffy, very ethereal, um, just let it pass by, don't place any thought onto it, sort of concept. Um, the, everything in our current world needs scientific backup. Yeah. That's the way the world is like developed at the moment. It's not my ideal world, but that's just the way it is. So, for example, um, on the Ministry of Broadcasts, um, a key feature is the scientific data, the graphs. Yeah, yeah. The graphs. Um, so I realised a few years ago that the way to put kindness on the map was to present it in that same way with a scientifically backed evidential um, status. And the most important um, developments and the most exciting development on that front is that I've been working with Sussex University, which is a huge university, um, world-renowned university, and um, they have set up a kindness research centre okay. with, with a view to providing the sort of data which makes scientifically based minds able to present kindness in the same way as any other subject academically. Yeah. Yeah. And and there is research that's both recent and historic that being kind is good for you, isn't it? You know, being kind can be quite selfish because it helps not only you but other people. There's no question. There's there's no question about it. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's been proven to me over my fairly long time. I would say in working dedicatedly in, in the field of kindness. Yeah. And there are some things in life which you can explain, and some things in life which you can't explain. And there isn't. I'm currently strong evidential data supporting what you Chris and I know for a fact which yep. is that if you are kind you will be healthier you will live longer period yeah yep. um, the the conclusions I've drawn on that are that it it's a fact of nature um, the more you give the more you get the more you put out the longer you last. Yeah, yeah. Only, any gardener will understand that. Anybody who has animals will, will understand that. So when you are being kind and you are giving out, you are being of use to the universe and to the growth of humanity, society, yeah. everybody around you. Yeah. When you're not doing that, you're not so much use. Yeah, it's an interesting one because uh, even though evolution, we uh, e from an evolutionary perspective, we are um, uh, look for the threats. We've actually yeah. evolved beyond that to act, have to, have to as a society collaborate. Right, we've been doing that for thousands of years, but our internal evolution hasn't mm. caught up yet. Hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, that's that's certainly one way of framing. And, and what's going on right now is a, a fantastic opportunity um, for global cooperation. Yeah. Uh, and um, and the reemergence of values as at least as important part of our lives as our work lives. Yeah, agreed, absolutely. Because right so, now it's in balance the other way. Our work lives, um, our professional lives, our um, needs to succeed, greatly imbalance the value side of things. Yeah. And maybe, you know, with, with a little bit of jogging from people like you, Chris, and um, ongoing jogging from me, that can be um, balanced out to to a more natural and a, a more perfect level. But the interesting thing, David, is I I think that um, like value, and again, we'll talk about business in a in a minute because I know I know you've 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 been in business for a long time as well. But but the values for me, the values that drive me as an individual, also drive my business, and I see no conflict with that at all. No, I, there. I think that the general public has a distorted um, opinion of um, business and commerce. Yeah. Uh, I don't see business and commerce, number one, as anything other than human endeavour. Yeah. So when you are doing human endeavour, um, you can do it from a values-based system yeah or you can do it from a greed system yeah great yeah so I, I don't see any reason why a business or a business person or a commercial enterprise can't be spinning back as much positivity as an individual 100 percent. Mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about the because of because uh, I was doing the research, I know we've spoken before on the podcast, and thank you for coming back mm-hmm. and joining us on this live version. We should have given you more notice about the video. Um, apologies for that, because uh, I, I, I wouldn't put my hair, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, David, there's nothing I can do about my hair anymore. You know, <laughs> I, like it just literally, it's like it grows in the wrong places. So I'm just trying to, do, I'm just trying to do what I can with it. Um, talk, talk to me a little bit about Kin's Charter and what that is. Well, Kin's Charter was one of the many projects that I've initiated um, with a view to um, helping businesses to look at their value system as well as their general operation. Okay. So there, there have been lots of things over the over the years. Um, like the CSR policies that larger companies will have, um, like triple base accounting. Triple base accounting is where you um, measure the effect of your value system in numbers. And a kid's chance was something I thought up which was more suited to small businesses really and and to people who wanted to have just a CSR policy or a way of evaluating their value system. Um, quite frankly it hasn't worked. Um, I have 
I've had hardly any um, take up on that. Um, but I still, I still like the principle, and yeah. I still think that um, businesses are in a, a terrific place to um, have a choice about how they spin out the kindness for the benefit of others and society. Yeah. So what I mean by that is that businesses have the opportunity to make profits which they can redistribute uh, in ways which will support kindly humanity. Yeah. And there, there are many ways of... Um, <laughs> Robin Hood always comes to my head when, I, when I'm thinking about this. And um, say Robin Hood um, robbed the rich. I don't, I don't believe in Robin, by the way, but just as an analogy, um, robbed the rich to give to the poor. So he was taking money from people who had money and giving it to the people who didn't have so much money. Now, kindness doesn't always involve money, um, but it, the principle of um, distributing a business, being able to distribute kindness because they operate on a larger scale, um, to me is a very exciting one. Yeah. Me as an individual, um, I will have a lot less opportunity, a lot less um, flow coming through me to be able to distribute. But as a business, you've got more of a chance. I have a lot more coming through me yeah. that I can. And there's plenty of example. There's plenty of examples of amazing companies doing that. I mean, the one that springs to yep. mind, and the name that the name has, has has passed me by just this second. There's the shoe business that for every um, for every pair of shoes they sell, gives away a pair to somebody who really needs it, and stuff like that is just revolutionary in terms of what it can mm. do to help people who need it. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the big stumbling block is the the word, you know, like the, the way that people think that business and, and commerce is actually something, you know, totally alien and apart. Yeah. Because um, on the level of just being a catalyst for flow. Yeah. So um, being a catalyst for being able to do kind things, I think that is a great medium. And a great, you know, it's a good vehicle, isn't it? A lot of companies are waking up to this. Yeah, 100%. Um, Charlotte, did you have a question? Oh, uh, so can you tell us a bit about the work you do with schools? Yeah. Going back about eight or ten years as well, um, I analysed that a, a more, most effective long-term way of um, helping people to bring kindness to the surface more would be to make it part of a school program, school curriculum. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a primary and a secondary school pack. I've now moved on to universities, as you gather, but that, but um, which was a, which is a guidance pack for. Um, for teachers, very very easy to follow. Pack it, it's got kindness examples that can be used in any subject on the curriculum. It can be 
and photocopy the page and just drop it into a lesson. You can use it for an assembly. And um, at that time, it was innovatory. There are quite a few people doing similar things now, which is great. And I, well, 40,000 copies have gone out um, in every single school in the UK, secondary and primary, has... Um, had copies and many, many, many continue to use it. Um, I get many, many requests from all around the world actually. I just, in the last week, um, we, we appointed our first, accredited our first kind school in um, which country? Poland. Okay. And we've had, we've done accreditation in Czechoslovakia this year as well. Yeah. And our accreditation is an acknowledgement of the kindness initiatives and programs which uh, the school has undertaken. Yeah. And we ask them to um, tell us about the program. We don't put a huge admin burden on schools because schools are already completely top-heavy over admin burden. Yeah. Um, so we make it really as light as possible. And um, we think and hope that encourages them to continue and to perpetuate their kindness initiatives. Um, and talk to me about what the uh, future holds for Kindness UK and you personally. That, sorry, I'm going to get to that question, but there's a burning question that's on, on the top of my head that I want to ask first. How did you get into this? What, what started your journey with kindness because i know for me it was about being a good role model for my, my daughters how did it start for you well it really was the watching the news and just thinking um this is ridiculous which yeah. all we're hearing is all we're hearing is all the negatives and at that time the internet was just like you know, it wasn't as it is now. Yeah. Um, it was sort of de in developmental, much more developmental stage. And I thought, quite naively, really, um, I thought, well, the internet would be a great way of um, pushing out positive news. And so I started a website called the Good Deeds Organisation. And I invited people to write in from around the world, which they did, with their examples of, of good deeds. Amazing. Um, I, I don't use that word anymore. I, I only use the word kindness. Uh, it was quite funny, actually, because <laughs> good deeds, um, the only competition that there ever was on uh, Google for good deeds organisation was lawyers who were offering to do deeds for property you know like right conveyance. right <laughs> that was quite that was quite fun so it caused a bit of confusion did it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. through through that i came across um the fact that there were other people out there working on kindness programs around the world and i thought well actually that's probably a lot more effective for me to do that than just yeah. to gather in the news. Other people were starting to gather in the news at that time as well. So 
I moved on to working purely in the field of kindness. And because uh, Charlotte's the, the organised one that just doesn't ask random questions off the top of their head, do you want to get us on back on track? Yeah, so the question you were going to ask, <laughs> and that is on the list of questions you were supposed to That's ask. That's why you're here, just to make sure this is organised. <laughs> okay, so what does the future hold for Kindness UK? Well, I don't know about for Kindness UK, but I do know for kindness, and I am... Absolutely certain that um, the Kindness Research Centre at Sussex University is the first of many around the world. I am absolutely certain that um, there will be ministers increasingly appointed around the world with the brief of looking at kindness and values. And I am absolutely certain that um, kindness will play a greater and greater part in our day-to-day lives because uh, how else can we face the future? What other tool have we got to face the future scenarios that one is now happening or the future scenarios to come? Kindness is the most rooted, it is the most fundamental, it is the most human, it is the most... to me, important um, value to have. Yeah, it's interesting. You look at the leaders that have, um, political leaders and leaders of countries that have excelled in this really bizarre world. The one that I always talk about and we've talked about on the lives... I know you're going to roll your eyes, but I'm going to mention her again, is Jacinda Ardern of New Zealand. Um, because yeah. she, seemed to, she seemed to typify a way of really direct communication. Uh, she, she doesn't hide the fact that this is a really tough situation, but also with a compassion that um, other leaders could, could really learn from, potentially. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a fabulous observation. And you know, there are there are many leaders now globally that use the word kindness. Yeah. And well, there are lots of celebrities that do now as well. Yeah. But the, the, the more people use that word, um, the the kind of the world will definitely be. Hundred percent. Um, uh, where can our viewers and listeners find out a little bit more about the work you do? kindnessuk.com amazing kindnessuk is all one word and we'll put a link to the show notes there's loads of amazing resources uh david's told us uh, just for the interview that he's going to put a link to the kindness project on his website so thank you for doing that mm-hmm. we really appreciate thank you chris for all the work you're doing in kindness it's no we great. we absolutely love it we uh, we genuinely do um, so let me share with you um, uh, so, some of the answers we've been getting off our um, off our uh, question of the podcast. And again, it's been quite a popular one today. So um, uh, again, we can, as we're going through these, we can just comment on people's choices and, and, and take a look at what we think. Um, let me just move that window to my second screen Screw to make it a bit easier. So... The first answer, straight off the bat, was... Um, uh, Give me that. Uh, oh, oh, first answer, straight off the bat, was Lindsay Thompson, who said, this is easy, 
The answer is clearly rum and raisin. Not a bad choice. Um, Simon Burke agreed. Rum and raisin. I said, I'm not keen on rum and raisin. I'm not, I'm not a great fan. Um, uh, there you go. Uh, Simon Burke said rum and raisin. But it does divide opinion. But I, I'm going to have to go with a good quality vanilla. Mm, yeah. Mark O'Halloran said cinnamon. See, I like cinnamon. I like cinnamon. Cinnamon, banana and cinnamon porridge is probably one of my favourite breakfasts. Uh, Jonathan Gaffney's raised the game. Not just cinnamon, cinnamon swirl. <laughs> what are we thinking of cinnamon as an idea for ice cream, David? It sounds delicious. I like your porridge idea as well. Oh, it's, oh lovely. Honey, cinnamon, banana. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's the way it should be done. Desmond Barker said rum and raisin. Now, Desmond, I know you're a fan of the show, but never mention rum and raisin again. <laughs> All right? You're banned now. You can't, you can't watch a kindness project anymore. Um, Dave, you know, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, I think rum and raisin might be the marmite of... <gasps> of Ice creams, you know, it's like love it or hate it. Uh, uh, Katie, Katie Brigoli said rum and raisin. Steve Dan's gone for an old school one, lemon ice. Have you ever had a lemon ice ice cream? Nope. Have you, David? Do you remember lemon ice? No. I don't know that one. No. Oh yeah. I'm still I'm still struggling on the one that I, I just I was going to Google it. Um, <laughs> Italian ice cream with all the little bits in it, like you know cherry and all that. Maybe one of your listeners knows. Well, may, maybe if we know the Italian ice cream with cherry in it, let us know. Maybe our maybe our research team over in the corner can have a look. <laughs> uh, I, my wife is now googling what that is, so hopefully we should have a we should have an answer soon. Caroline Thompson's gone butterscotch. Now, butterscotch, are you Googling it as well? Oh, yeah. There's no need for you to Google it while you're doing a live podcast, though, is there? (laughs) Am I Renner? Does that mean a bit? Yeah. Um, Now, butterscotch, what do you think of butterscotch as an idea? Never had it. Never had it. Butterscotch Angel Delight is one of my guilty pleasures, though, I've got to say. Um, Lucy Patrick who's been a guest on the show um, talking about her uh, amazing charity work. Um, and she's been controversial. She doesn't like ice cream. To each their own. I know people who don't like chocolate. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, Louise, Louise McNamee said chocolate chip and Murkoffs. Now, that's a bit of an inside joke because there was a... There was a ice cream shop in East London in Canning Town where Lou and I were were originally from, run by this, funny enough, Italian family, and it just it was the best ice cream ever. But again, I can't get the recipe now, so I can't I can't taste it and decide whether it was just nostalgia thinking that or whether Murkoff's uh, was actually amazing. But we'll go for it being amazing. Um, Hazel Gray said coffee. Uh, Pedro Floyd said vanilla. Hayley Ball said mint chocolate chip. Uh, Kelly is with Steve, lemon ice. Uh, Gavin said vanilla until salty caramel came along. Um, so salty caramel's there. Trev Robinson's gone for coconut almond chip. All the dudes like that. You know, let's be fair. Do uh, they? <laughs> Michael um, said vanilla. Tracy said banana. Uh, I think I don't think it might be meant to be banana. banana. <laughs> 
But you've just invented a new flavour, Tracy. Well done, Ban- Banner. <laughs> um, uh, and Rob Bishop's gone for mascarpone, cheese and ginger, only available from Roskilly's Farm in Cornwall. Oh. Do you remember that ice cream shop in Hay? And they yes. had, what was it, the goat's milk ice cream or something? Oh. Have, you, have you ever been to um, Hay Literary Festival, David? No, I haven't. I'd love to go one day. Have you been there? Yeah, yes. we, went a, we went a couple of years ago. So, so it was really, really good fun. I mean, we, we, uh, my memories from that are the amazing ice cream. Hearing like uh, Benjamin Zephaniah was brilliant, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, we went to see Russell Kane the stand up. Oh. Uh, but I think I think the the one that I remember the most was going to see a band. Yeah. That was uh, uh, what are they called? Josephine and the Artisans. Josephine and the Artisans that combined opera with yeah. rap. They were amazing. They were really really good. So if you ever get the chance to go, give it give it a go. Yeah. What's the um, unofficial question of the podcast and one we might use in the future? What's the best festival you've been to? The best festival, Burning Man. Was it good? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so that must have been the experience, right? Do you know Burning Man? Have you heard of that one? Yeah. yeah. It's in the desert, isn't it? In is it outside California? It's in Nevada, so it's it's in a dried up lake bed, which is vast, and it's a very very fine grey dust which covers the whole lake bed, and from the minute you're there, you are covered in grey dust. Right. I'm exaggerating not, and uh, you sort of yeah, <laughs> and they set up a city there which is fifty thousand people. I think it's grown now. Um, yeah. Maybe more than that. Um, which is a totally sustain- sustainable city uh, of tents and pop-up structures and unusual stuff. And one of the main principles there is leave no trace. So every single thing which anybody takes to the festival leaves and the, the lake bed is pristine yeah. um, at the end of it. Even though they do crazy stuff like burning you know huge effigies yeah yeah. having all sorts of like vehicles you know doing crazy stunts at night um every single ember from the burnings is into a tray and is taken away and uh the principles of burning manifest to work principles which are i've always thought very very um good for the planet that we should leave no trace yeah you know we leave no carbon footprint we should you know, take responsibility for everything we do. We yeah. can play, but we can't harm the planet. Yeah, no, that that's mm. that's amazing. Where what what made it so special? I mean, the values are really important, but what was the experience like? Because it, it is legendary, isn't it, Burning Man? Yeah, it's it's creativity. Yeah, um, it, it's a place where you every single time, every single year. It's totally brand new concepts. It's totally new creativity, totally new art. Yeah. And it's it's not art on the scale of a postage stamp. It's art on the scale of a ten-story building. Yeah, there's massive not, sculptures, not isn't one there? Of them, but three hundred of them. Yeah. It, the, yeah. The epic scale of it is impossible to describe it's um it's certainly one on my list and if you get the chance and i don't know whether it's still on there i might have 
watched it, I don't know, 18 months, two years ago. There's a documentary on Netflix uh, about Burning Man. Oh, that, is there? Yeah, there is. It's really, really good. And I can't remember for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it, but it really, and, and what it does is it tracks the lives of the artists who designed for Burning Man, like a year, yeah. a year before it happens, all the way through to the actual experience. And, uh, I mean, it it's mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing it's really really interesting um yeah. back, back back to more if, if you look at youtube there are there are lots and lots of you know um, videos of different years of burning man um, and when i look at those or have looks in the past that they never ever show the epic scale it it, it is just so you are so in it you're yeah. not, you are not a spectator you are part of it yeah and everybody who attends is part of the art, aren't they, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to more grounded. I mean, I, I, but Burning Man, I'm adding to the list, by the way. Um, but but the uh, the effect of ice cream, uh, IFA Jobs UK on Twitter said rum and raisin. Uh, Tony Slimmins uh, thinks that salted caramel is the best. Rachel Vahey's thrown in a bit of a, a, of a curveball. Jaffa cake. Don't talk about Jaffa cakes on this show. It's very controversial. Yeah, we we had. I think one of our most controversial episodes was when we had a debate about whether Jaffa cake was a cake or a biscuit. Now, again, it's 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 one of those marmite questions. It's a it's a um, it's one of those. You either think it's a cake or a biscuit. But is uh, David is Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? It's delicious. <laughs> Very, very diplomatic. I like that. That's really good. Um, uh, and uh, I, the favourite answer um, I've got, because Andrew's really thought about this and given it some context, his favourite ice cream, pistachio in an Italian piazza at sunset. I don't think we're going to beat that. Um, and on that note... Ah. Oh, uh, OK. That, OK, we've got one... That's all our answers, but we've got one particular part that Charlotte's really enjoyed at the minute. What we do at the end of every podcast is uh, just a tiny little joke to brighten up your day. If Charlotte picked the right jokes, which typically she doesn't. So so let's see how bad <laughs> this one is. Are you ready, David, for the joke of the day? Yeah. I'm enjoying myself. So, and I'm sure I'll be laughing in a minute as well. <laughs> Probably not. Don't bank on it. Let's, 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 uh, let's see what the joke is. Okay. What's an astronaut's favourite form of social media? Uh, <laughs> you joke? Don't know. MySpace. <laughs> And on that note, I did laugh. I did laugh, but it was a, it was a, it was a cut reaction. No, no, don't look. You know what? Right, don't don't go to David laughing to to validate that joke. It was all right. I mean, it wasn't one of your worst. I was trying ones. to put the outro. Uh, it was a, it was one of the worst ones. But on that note, thank you to Charlotte uh, for that joke and David for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.